Hello, and welcome to Broadening the Narrative. This is a podcast where I talk to people who are broadening the narratives I was taught within white evangelicalism. I'm your host, Nikki Pappas. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and I'm so glad you're here. My first memoir, As Familiar as Family, is now available to purchase on my website at NikkiPappas.com. I'll share more about this at the end so we can get to today's episode. On today's episode of Broadening the Narrative, I am joined by author, medic, and twin mom, Heather Heath. Heather was one of the beta readers for an early draft of my forthcoming memoir, As Familiar as Family, and she swiftly decided we're best friends, and I just as quickly agreed. So here we are. Heather is the author of the book, Lovingly Abused, Overcoming Cults, Gaslighting, and Legal Educational Neglect, which we will be discussing today. It is so great to be talking with you, Heather. How are you? I'm so good. And I proclaimed that we were going to be best friends after I read the part that said that you just kind of like make friends with people in the aisles at Walmart. <laughs> and that is, that's exactly what happens to me. I went to Home Goods the other day and I came back and I was like, oh, so the cashier, her dad used to be the medical photographer for the hospital where my husband works. He's like, why do you know that? <laughs> How do you not find out someone's entire past with a two minute interaction? Like you not do that? So yeah. Instant, instant best friends. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, as you read more of my story, I guess you could kind of see that I sort of lost that and I'm finding my way back to that part of myself yes. that I'm like, no, it's okay to do this, you know, and being married to someone who is super reserved. I sort of, I think that also mm. played into like tamping down that part of yeah. me. So yes, but the reason we're here today is to talk about your book. I also wanted to say the reason I'm on TikTok is because of you. <laughs> because oh, no. we I don't talk... want to be blamed for that. That is a toxic <laughs> place. I well, I'm I know you've, I guess you've had some uh, not great experiences. Um, oh. But yeah. So after I talked with you and Megan and it asked you sort of, what did you do to promote your book? And you're like, I started TikTok and... Yeah. So what has your experience with that been like? It's, I mean, I didn't realize that people were going to be so mean and that it was such a broad thing. I mean, kind of like Facebook and Instagram are kind of where I'm comfortable and Instagram kind of, you just get your general audience and then that's it. But TikTok, it's like, it's random who sees what video and then, you know, you wind up on the wrong side of it. And then people like stitch your stuff and I don't know. And then like make fun of you for this. And then like, just braid you like create, like, I don't know, thousands, literally thousands of people like got on the video of me um, discussing with my husband that I realized for the first time that humans and dinosaurs didn't coexist. And like thousands of them kept telling him that he should leave me because I'm so stupid based on this 30 second interaction of deconstructing. And I mean, I know that that's stupid, but it's not great. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. Oh. It's it's just very mean and just everybody on there like wants to get each other and like have the wittiest like come back to a comment or like have the the smartest clap back and I don't do that. I just don't respond to them and then I block them and then they're like, "Why did you block me?" Because it's my space. Well, it's TikTok. It's not my space. Ah! That, that was <laughs> Oh, I just had to. I had to. It was like right there, you know. <laughs> oh, I had a MySpace back in the day, back when AOL used to send you DVDs and be like, try the internet. 
<laughs> so good. But no, you gave me some really good tips though. So I turned off like, um, or I made it to where only people who I follow back or something yep. can do it and stitch, mm. you know? So that was a good tip. And the whole, like, don't use certain hashtags unless you want those people to come troll you. So that was I really know. helpful. Like on Instagram, you can, and on TikTok, you cannot, like yeah. you have to be very specific with the hashtags on there. And then like, it's an algorithm. So the things that you watch are going to be the things mm-hmm. that it's just, I, it's exhausting. Yeah. Well, everything I know about TikTok, I've learned from you. So thank that you. That is not good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm not some, no, <laughs> my mother's worse at it. My mother's way worse at TikTok. So yeah. yeah we so you're to having teach, to teach your mom how to use it. You're having to teach me how to use it. And she's like, and then she like starts sliding into people's DMs. And I'm like, stop telling people that you're sliding into their DMs, mom. Stop that. She's like, but I messaged them. Like, no, no. Like my other friends have texted me and said like, can you, can you have this discussion with your mother? Cause she's making it weird for me. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so good. Oh, okay. So I feel like you're already kind of on the roll for letting us know more about you, but yes. Can you share more about yourself, your background Anything you think would help listeners get a good foundation before we dive into your book? Sure. So, well, we know I'm Heather and I was raised in ATI slash IBLP, which is the cult that is now kind of popularized by the Duggars and the Bates and I guess the Plaths. I don't know. They were not, they did not overlap the time frame with me. So I didn't know them and I didn't even know that they were a part of ATI because I kind of stopped watching all the stuff by then. Um, but they've kind of made it popular. And at first I was just like this weird homeschool girl and people like, I don't know what this is that you're talking about. And like, I had a blog and I would write about the things that happened and people were like, this just happened to you. This is just a weird thing that happened to you. And now they're discovering that it's not, that this is pretty big and people are finally starting to listen, which is cool. But, um, yeah, I left the cult to go be a paramedic. Um, I thought that I could do both, but then I was told no, because being a paramedic would require me to wear pants. And rightfully so. There's a lot of uh, climbing and such. So it, I left and did that. And I've been a medic for 12 years, but I've been an EMS for 17 it's funny now I'm old enough. I've been an EMS longer than I haven't. Wow. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And then, uh, I met my husband at work and he was like, so my name is Heather Heath and he's like, Hey, my name fits in your name. And I was like, Hey, what else of yours fits in me? So, (laughs) and now we have twins. That's a true story. I believe you. (laughs) (laughs) And and now um, we moved to New York because he's working here and um, my kids go to school, which they like to rub in my face a lot because they know that I was homeschooled. So they'll come back with like some concept that they kind of half get and I'll try to explain it to them. And I'll get, mommy, we know this because we go to school and you didn't. 
So that's fun from six-year-olds. That's so harsh. <laughs> it's so harsh and I'm so proud of them. You don't fuck with them. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Okay, so before we dive into your book, uh, I wanted to hold up a copy for you to see no one else can see it you know what your book looks like but there it is I brought brought one too just in case (laughs) yes so I'm holding it here I left a review on Goodreads that I want to share yes please because I don't want to go look at it because I'll see the other bad ones (laughs) well let me yes let me read mine I think you probably already know what it says because it's sort of what I've shared on social media but I'll read it anyway. I devoured lovingly abused by Heather Heath in four days. The content is heavy, even in the definition shared in the first chapter, but Heather somehow had me laughing, which didn't distract from the pain and grief that all takes such skill. The full title is lovingly abused, a true story of overcoming cults, gaslighting, and legal educational neglect. And I'm grateful that Heather is shining a light on these experiences. So Heather, Tell us more about your book, why you wrote it, and who you had in mind as you were writing. Well, mostly it started like as a diary. Like I have, I mean, and I think it kind of reads like that, which frustrated some people, but that's what, that's what it sounds like in my head. So that's how I wrote it. And then I started, you know, telling my story to people and they're like, wow, you're weird. You should write a book. Uh, (laughs) So I was like, well, I could do that. So I started writing a blog and then people kind of liked the blog and some people, you know, related to it and other people were just fascinated by it. So then I started turning the blog into a book um, and it took about five years to get to like what it is now, because at first it was me kind of like, I went through all the stages of processing in writing the book. So it was basically the therapy that I wasn't allowed to go to or didn't have insurance for came out in a book form. And there's um, discarded chapters that are just me angry and then me angry at the other women in the church. And then for a while I was mad at feminists. Like I have a whole bunch of writings about like how terrible feminists are. That was one of like the really early things. And so I can go back and see like my whole thought process of deconstructing. And then finally I landed on this where I'm like, okay, people hurt me. God didn't hurt me. And I can make faith kind of whatever I want it to be for me as a personal thing. And it doesn't have to be controlled by some, you know, Bible thumping preacher. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, when did your book come out? It was like October October. last year. October uh, 12th. 2021 either October 12th or 21st I don't know I forget it's birthday don't tell it (laughs) yes okay so you had your blog you Mm. were writing and then you were able to compile this book and this uh I'm fascinated with the part two discarded so like on your journey being able to like see your evolution was there the anger towards like white feminism like what you saw from yeah Um, because, you know, they were rejecting their design and they were just, you know, basically like all men hating lesbians and, you know, who wants to be that? Like, I like guys, so I can't be a feminist. And so I can kind of like go back and read my process of when I actually started 
reading things from all kinds of people and not just the church and getting opinions from all over the place and really figuring out what I thought about things rather than just what I was told and it's a lot harder to be out of the cult and have to make up your mind for yourself Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's a lot more tiring when you're in it you just oh this is what I think about this okay the end and where are we going soul winning next it's so easy and now now I'm tired all the time Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I was just talking for another episode with the founders of into account. And we were talking about this disembodied, like when you, in these cultures, in these churches that teach this disembodied faith and you learn to not trust yourself. And then you have someone telling you what to do. It can just become easy to just do what they tell you to do. And so, yeah. So for you to have to be like, okay, well, here's what I was taught. And then here's how I'm going to have to like nap, like once I come out of it, I'm navigating all this stuff, asking these questions. Well, here's what I think about feminists. And then, oh, but now let me read things. And, oh, so everything that I thought is getting challenged. Oh, uh, yeah. And then, and then it's so easy to go from like one swing to the next. And in leaving the cult and going to EMS, it's like, well, they're opposite what everybody in the cult believes, but only to a degree, like they're still a lot of racism and hierarchy and all of that uh, societal terribleness and that still exists and so that carried over with me and kind of got worse Mm -hmm. and it was like oh well this is what's believed like universally this isn't a cult and this is here and this is this world that they're opposite so like okay I guess this is accurate and then it wasn't Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so it's just a constant, constant learning process. And now I finally come to, to terms with the fact that I'm basically going to keep finding things out forever. I'm never actually going to just know the definite answer. Like everything can change as things mm-hmm. develop and we find out more things. Yeah. Which is weird and terrifying because I used to just have all the answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's been so much of my journey is to be like, okay, so for 30 years, I thought these things. So it's going to take me at least 30 years to undo all that and And maybe longer. I don't have like a checklist of like, here's the things that I believed. And here's the things that I have to challenge. You don't know what's rattling around in there until it comes up. And then you're just in the middle of a conversation with, you know, a bunch of coworkers and you're like, oh, I'll I'll be back. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I know. It's like a, a, here's your perception or here's what reality is. And then it's like, oh, but it's not. And then for you to even um, like, I don't know if you, if you have left everything on your blog as it was, but I know like for me, I've, I've left everything because I do see it as this testament to my evolution and to be able to not go delete things to act like, oh, I've always, I've always been where I am now. But instead it's like, no, like I, even once I got out of certain beliefs, I still held some damaging Uh beliefs. And now I, yeah. And it's like, yeah, just coming further and further into what I hope for me is this more inclusive love that I thought (laughs) I was living before. And then, Mm -hmm. yeah, just new things challenging that for me. Which so, I can see yeah. when I was reading your book, and don't don't take this as a negative thing, but like some of the language that you use in some of the chapters wouldn't surprise me if you used harsher language in 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to like put spoilers in your book or anything. But 
you you are kinder to people who did terrible things than I would be, but I don't necessarily know if that's just because you're a good person or you don't necessarily yet recognize all the damage that they did and to label them as the evil that they are. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think for me, when I came out of it, it was a lot of like uh, one of my earliest drafts, it read as more of this like revenge thing Mm -hmm. of let me tear the people down. And so for me, it was what it was doing to me, like how bitter and angry I was getting. I was like, Oh, I don't like this. And so then I think a part of my journey is learning how to hold uh, like to get out of binary thinking and hold complexities and see that this person did these horrible things to me and there should be accountability for that, but there's still this human. And so how do I honor their humanity while still holding them accountable? And Oh, I want to reference that call with uh, into account as well. So they were talking about David Haas I think that's how you say his name, like a singer or maybe songwriter in uh, Catholic circles. But uh, they were saying in Protestant churches, they sing a lot of his songs too. And for decades, there were all these allegations against him. So anyways, they have put out this report. They've done all these things to call him into account. And they said that their three things that they do are remove the authority for the person, Mm -hmm. limit their access to the targeted group, And then the third thing is bring down their high regard in the community. And so it's like, we're not ruining this person's life. We're just holding them accountable. They can still live a Mm -hmm. good life without being in positions that allow them easier access to harming people. So I think for me, that kind of is where I landed on Mm -hmm. like my spiritual abuse was like, I just wanted this man to not be able to hurt people anymore, you know? And so that's a part of me telling my story is not because I want to ruin his life, (laughs) but because I want his healing and wholeness and his flourishing. But I do realize those will not come at the expense of my own healing Mm -hmm. and wholeness and flourishing. And so, yeah, that's just been a really hard part of my journey when I was here, I am talking about my book. We're supposed to be talking about your book. We're going to talk about my book on the Instagram live on Friday night, (laughs) but, but yes. So just, I'll just briefly say, yes, a part of my journey was being able to honor the part of myself that did care about this person Mm -hmm. and being able to, if I want my reader to care about this relationship, they have to, they have to realize why I was so invested in the relationship. And if he's just a jerk, then why did I ever like, care for this person. And so that was my revisioning process before what you read was me having to go back and add these like tender moments or times that humanize the person. Uh, because yeah, I mean, if he's just a jerk, then, then he was just a jerk, but to me, he was, he wasn't always a jerk, you know? So that's, it's tricky. It's so hard. So yeah, it will be interesting to see 10 years from now, how I talk about it and what I say, but let's talk. Oh, Sorry. No. Um, and I don't know if you like want to edit it out. I was talking more about the relationship with the older guy. Oh yeah. 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 Like you, you tell the story well, but never like identify him as a rapist or Mm -hmm. his mother as someone who is harboring and abetting a racist or a rapist. I don't know. Or like you're not at the point yet where it's like hey what he did was shitty but this was a crime right yeah 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with your feedback, that's actually in the current uh, version is I literally was like, based on some beta reader feedback from Heather Heath, author of lovingly abused, you know, <laughs> like give you that shout out and credit you because yeah, I mean, I, I do feel like that section I'm a little too, uh, yeah, there's a way to name what this person did as very harmful and to make sure that I do that. Cause in my head, I'm like, yeah, of course everyone knows this is horrible, but I'm learning right. more. Like, no, I need to say what I mean about these things and be right. quite direct and on it. Yeah. That's how churches and cults and stuff like this, like harbor these literal criminals and yeah. oh, this was, you know, a temptation, of the flesh, whatever. Like, no, that was a crime. Yeah. And I feel like it took me a long time to get to the point of actually recognizing true evil and not just something that I was mad about. Mm, So a lot of reading your book and and not to say like, I'm so far advanced, like I'm not saying that at all, but it's funny to see the different stages of deconstruction and like reading your book, like I can totally see myself in it and I'm really excited for you to write more and like watch your progression through mm-hmm. this because I can see yeah. you grow through the book yeah. it's so cool yeah well I mean even so Emily Joy Allison's book Church 2 mm-hmm. like that's what it took me reading to be able to name that mm-hmm. with that older man like as abusive yeah because yeah. And I think part of just the grooming that I know that you've experienced, I've experienced so many people in these contexts I've experienced is like, I didn't get to just be a kid. I Mm -hmm. made to be like, uh, as if I, as a 15 year old and bringing all the knowledge that a 30 year old woman has to it. And I'm making the same decisions that it's like, no, I was, I was a child. Right. So yeah. Then it took me reading teenagers as children. Right. They don't see a 15 year old as a child. Right. But yeah, they are. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're obviously an older child and capable of amazing things. Like um, the other night I went to a school board meeting and a lot of the high schoolers got up to talk and mm-hmm. like basically tear the superintendent apart. It was amazing. And like, I was, oh, it like fucking sobbing the whole time, but like, they were amazing. And I'm so impressed with these kids but it's like they can come bring these fabulous arguments but they're kids and that's what I feel like the church didn't separate is that they they have this understanding but they still have all of these emotional needs and they need to be nurtured as children still yeah and that's a line that the church and the cult doesn't doesn't recognize Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I mean just like, and even the double standard of it, like Mm -hmm. how, when it fits the boys in these contexts, they're treated as men, Mm -hmm. you know, but when it doesn't fit, then they get to just, they get to just be a kid or they, oh, they just made a mistake, you know, but But how it's not the same for the girls, the girls, like, it's never like girls will be girls. It's always like, oh, silly boys, they're immature and they're doing this Mm -hmm. or like, oh, they're men. Like girls don't get to have that fluidity. Yeah. I mean, I feel like for me, I was 19 when I started at the church that I've written about in my memoir. I think, I think I was 19. Mm-hmm. Um, and how just the way that even a teenage girl is viewed or an, an eighth grader girl mm-hmm. is viewed as, and it's like, yeah, can we stop sexualizing children? 
Like you shouldn't right. have a problem with what she's wearing because you shouldn't be thinking of her as right. in any sort of sexual way. Right. Period. <laughs> you know, right. like, yeah. Oh yeah. It like makes my skin crawl to just, yeah. And I mean, like I had that influence even growing up, but I feel like mm. when I started that church and got more direct purity culture, modesty teaching, then it just, it warped me so much. I've been having to come out of all of that, but yeah. So, okay. Heather, for you, why did you choose that? No, no, no. This is so good. But why did you choose the title lovingly abused? Cause I know there was a previous title before. So why did you yeah. land on lovingly abused for the so, title? I didn't actually like that one. And this took me five years to write and I've had the title longer than I've had my kids names so changing the title was huge like it felt like renaming one of my kids because the book was named longer than they were Mm -hmm. and I mean their names change all the time like their nicknames change every day (laughs) and at first it was overcoming homeschool Heather because everybody called me homeschool Heather everybody like knew me as that I was asked about it in job interviews like the whole region like knew who this weirdo homeschool Heather was and this was like when I only had a MySpace and (laughs) so that was what it was and that was what the blog was and like people understood that I was overcoming who that person was I was overcoming homeschool Heather the title but then as it got to um a bigger audience and people who didn't know me personally they thought that I was overcoming homeschool and then like I just put my name in there for some reason and they thought that I was a homeschool mom and that I was figuring out how to homeschool and I got a lot of bad sides of Instagram on that that was not that wasn't great so I that used to be my Instagram name too and oh, I got it before backslidden harlot was yep. homeschool Heather. Yep, it was overcoming homeschool Heather. Oh, okay, okay. Yep, and then everybody would call me overcoming homeschool, and like, no, that no, that's a separate thing. Homeschool Heather is the person, just <laughs> no. And then it was the quote things, and I was trying to figure out how to write it, and it, it just was ridiculous. And so then, uh, when I was gonna publish, I put out a survey thing on Instagram, and I was like, okay, what what title do you think that it should be? And I wanted it to be called backslidden and people didn't know how to say that. And I didn't want it to have that like Southern drawl of like backsliding. Like, no, (laughs) it is not an action. It is past like, like backsliding is something you're actively doing. Backslidden is something that you're too far gone from. You can't go back. And people don't understand that. So I couldn't go with that. And I had written in one in one of the chapters somewhere, it says lovingly abused. And so I just put that as like a garbage throwaway answer on the survey of what to call it. And everybody voted for that. And I was really mad about it, but now, now it works. <laughs> but it's really difficult to hand your parents a book with abuse in the title about your upbringing yeah (laughs) and it's really difficult to write that book without really making your parents look bad Mm -hmm. I think I did it my parents both okay they were like okay it's good like my father but he did paperclip together chapter eight he didn't read chapter eight oh good good (laughs) 
<laughs> knocking at Satan. No, Satan's doorbell. What was it? Satan's doorbell. <laughs> have you have you heard the song that inspired that? I have not. Oh, okay. I have to send it to you. It's okay. a Garfunkel and Oates song, and it's about um, it's called God's Loophole. And then there's a line that was like don't you dare touch my clitoris because if you ring Satan's doorbell, God can't ignore us. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So that's where that came from. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. You <laughs> <So I> said <laughs> I didn't have to censor myself. This no, is- you don't. But it's funny because where I thought you were going with that is not where you went. I thought it was a song you learned at church. <laughs> no. That, I mean, I might as well have. because you'll sing the songs from church I have that last one you did in my head forever I'd never heard it but watching you and you're like putting the the things down on the toy or something I don't know whatever box oh your pillbox yes 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 it reminded me of that toy in my pillbox (laughs) and it's like this one is for when I feel like slouching this one is for when I have no hope and despair yes (laughs) there's medicine for it it's fine Yeah. yeah so that song I'd never heard it before it was stuck in my head for days so that's where I thought you were going with that and then it's <laughs> not where you went with that not where I, so went I was with like it. oh then no no I had I haven't heard that song but for different reasons because I thought oh yeah like I don't I don't really know a lot of the songs that you've referenced no, well that but- was an ATI song this was not an ATI song, <laughs> right. but you will thoroughly enjoy it yes okay part okay. of me is still like shocked and it's like oh that's a little blasphemous that's a a little bit well I'm not singing it so it's okay yeah <laughs> it's so funny it's like I still have those cult roots where I can make up my own arbitrary lines for myself and sleep yep. well yes like I did carry yeah. that with me yeah you're like okay I gotta I gotta I guess I did that so now I'm gonna move the <laughs> I'm gonna shift the pole to here now and now the line's here yeah yeah no no it's fine I can just make up the rules as I go it's all right yeah yeah um okay so that was I love okay I loved that backstory with your title all of that was really good and I knew like pieces of that but that was really good to hear all together and then to know that that lovingly abused is what most people voted for mm-hmm. and so most of them had and then I made backslidden harlot my Instagram name instead okay because I didn't okay. I didn't want that to be the same title as the book and then I knew I was going to write more and so like I took that part that I wanted as the title and just made it as my persona and yeah so I kind of did that except people keep calling it um backslide and harlow like no we say the t we're american we're we're butchering of all languages and uh nope it's not fancy in french it's just american <laughs> harlow <laughs> backslide and harlow like, no yeah because somebody said that on tiktok i was like what <laughs> That is so That's interesting. That's not how you say it. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is so funny. Yes. Okay. Well, I also want you to be able to share about the cover with listeners. So yes. Can you tell us about what's happening here? Okay. I've never done this without people being able to see it. Um, but it is me. Um, I'm standing on top of a parking garage overlooking a city, which is, well, I mean, New York City is my favorite city, but this is the city where I used to work it's weird to say used to that's like new this week um I'm transferring I didn't get fired (laughs) and but like I worked so hard to get hired in that city and that's where I really really wanted to work and nobody said that I could so 
I'm overlooking that and in the background you can see kind of it looks like a white circus tent um that's like towards the spine of the book and that is because the city is where um i appreciate you pointing to it even though no one can see it <laughs> nikki's being really supportive right now <laughs> and because it's the city where pg barnum is from and i know that he's problematic and you know circus and whatever but my aunt and uncle and a lot of my family are professional clowns and my aunt traveled with the circus and that is a big part of like growing up like I was literally raised by clowns and then like also I really love the movie The Greatest Showman and like the song A Million Dreams so on my book cover I have the thing that represents that this took a million dreams mm. and it's just kind of like conveniently there and so that's the like back of it and then I'm standing on a bunch of wisdom booklets, which are the ATI homeschool curriculum. So I took all of those from my mother's house and just like threw them all over the ground and stood on top of them because I've risen above them, whatever. Um, I'm wearing blue and white because that was ATI's uniform for us. Uh, like we didn't have to wear it every day, but if we were at a conference or anything where people were going to see us, we had to wear navy and white. And I wanted to reflect that, but I really wanted to kind of do a rebellious thing. So I, I looked really for a long time for a skirt that would fit uh, what I wanted to go for, but it didn't find it. So I made one. So I made that mm -hmm. skirt and it's, um, and then I took the list of um, modesty standards from one of the wisdom booklets and made sure I checked all the boxes of the opposites for it. So it has an asymmetrical hemline. It is see-through, it has patterns on it. Um, it has buttons. Uh, so like you, your eyes drawn, um, they're off to the side. Um, it's a wrap around. It doesn't have like a full closure. So I like went and just did the opposite of all their things. The shirt would fall within their modesty standards, but I did like a tied up scrunchie on the side. So my stomach's showing a little bit on the front. Um, so I made it not work. And uh, let's see what else. The shoes are um, my favorite heels that I got when I went on um, like one of my first alone vacations and I went to Texas to see um, another ex-ATI friend and we did a lot of not ATI approved activities and it was incredible and I bought those shoes there <laughs> and then uh, I think the last thing is the umbrella because ATI was big on the umbrella of authority and the hierarchy of who you have to obey and you know the father has the top umbrella well god has the top umbrella then the father then the mother and she's in charge of the children i don't understand why there need to be so many umbrellas if god's umbrella was the biggest and everybody was under it you shouldn't need the other superfluous umbrellas nobody liked when i brought that up this is why women have to be silent because they try to make sense of things anyway i use it and it was broken when i got it i went on my uh, neighborhood by nothing and I was like you guys seem like people who would have a broken umbrella lying around and they were and, and it was purple already like it I mean this is purple yeah it was already purple I was so happy that it, it was already purple so I took those heels and tore apart the umbrella and Megan who took the photos she has a whole photo shoot of me tearing apart the umbrella and it was wonderful so and then I'm standing on it uh, which is also, you know, I think symbolic. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Also, you can't see it, but I'm wearing the necklace that I'm wearing in that. Um, 
is my favorite necklace and I was so conflicted of whether or not to wear it because my ex-husband got it for me and I didn't want it to be like oh I'm still like attached like this is the thing you know but it was such a big deal for me to wear it to say like no I have this because this is mine and I Mm. love this thing he just happened to get it for me but it doesn't have anything to do with him anymore this is just yeah me and mine so the things that I have don't have to stay connected Mm. to something I don't want them to like it can take on new meaning and be just I can just make it my own so you can't see it in that picture but I know it and it makes me happy yeah no I love that to be able to because I love this I'm going to keep this and that it doesn't to be able to separate it and not be able to set like that was huge me and like I didn't want to upset my husband by wearing it and he's like I don't care like yeah "Yeah, I know but I was like but I would care if you had something from an ex he's like but it's not about that it's just a thing that you like Mm, yeah yeah. so that was that was big for me and Mm -hmm. I'm also wearing the wedding ring that I bought for myself yeah in the picture yep I think I don't think you could see it oh and I'm holding my computer because that's how I wrote my way out. So my computer mm. is in my hand. There's a lot of stuff yeah. that people are like, what the hell? This is just a book. But like, I'm so into symbolism. Like mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. So everything means a thing for me. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> oh yeah. And sorry, can you also talk about why it's purple, the umbrella? Oh, because purple is my favorite. <laughs> oh, that was it? That's it. That was the reason. <laughs> did, I, did I write another thing somewhere else? Oh, I just love purple. I, <laughs> I thought I ever read something, but I obviously, maybe that's all you said. <laughs> I don't know. My, my wedding dress was purple because, okay. um, because of Proverbs 31, because um, she's clothed in silk and purple. Yeah. Um, okay. I, mean, I was five months pregnant, so kind of threw the whole biblical thing out the window, but that's why I like purple. So everything, okay. everything is purple. Okay. That's just oh, I yes. yes. My okay, laptop awesome. and the like background word things are like the smudges are purple. It's just, I just like it. Yeah. 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 That yeah. Didn't have, that didn't have anything to do with ATI. That's just me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like trying to give it a whole story. Like, and tell me about your, <laughs> no, I was just happy it was purple because that's yeah. what I like. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Okay. So would you mind sharing a story to illustrate what abuse looked and felt like when you were growing up? Sure. Um, so you sent me that question and I was thinking about it because in the moment I absolutely did not recognize any of it as abuse, like Mm -hmm. at all. If you told me that I was being abused, I would have told you that you're crazy. And I, I didn't think it in the moment. Like you think of abuse like being you know like beaten and whatever it's like obviously you know that that's abusive but it took a long time for me to recognize it as abuse and gaslighting and grooming like I the the abuse that I experienced was weird and it was a lot of grooming kind of abuse not necessarily like outright beatings and you know, physical things that you could see. Um, like my, um, so my mom was um, molested by like a bunch of her family members. And 
by my grandfather and then like as a kid she would get like he favored her and he would give her all these presents well okay so I say that the whole family was like oh he favored you oh you were his favorite but it wasn't favoritism it was grooming and that took me till I don't know a couple years ago in therapy to figure out that it was grooming because he gets you all these things and does all these things for you and makes you the center of attention so obviously you're gonna do what he wants and she said like he started buying her a lot of things and you know doing making her the center of his world when she was about like seven or eight and then when she was 12 or 13 he started molesting her and doing terrible things to her but he had spent all this time laying the groundwork for it that it was well no he obviously loves me he does all these things for me so this is love Mm -hmm. and he then started doing those things with me like buying me things and I was in charge of everything I I you know was favored and got everything I wanted and did everything I wanted and then he died when I was nine which is probably a really good thing because I guarantee that that was grooming and it didn't dawn on me like obviously when it was happening was happening was great like I got Mm -hmm. everything I wanted and now looking back like I realized he's doing the same thing the manipulation and the abuse that he did to my mother and that like my cousin wasn't allowed to be alone in the room with him and I thought that was ridiculous and now I see now my cousin and I have talked like that was why and they saw that he was doing it to me and didn't want it to happen to her which is good um but it's it's that kind of subtle long game abuse that mostly took place it's like the mind fuck that that just manipulates you and keeps you there because you're convinced that it's love hence lovingly abused Mm -hmm. so how did all of that impact how you viewed yourself when like the teachings you were getting paired with the behaviors and not seeing it as abuse, but seeing it as normal. Like, how did you view yourself? I mean, nobody really liked how I viewed myself because I always pretty much liked myself a lot. And I wasn't supposed to because, you know, like none are righteous. No, not Mm -hmm. one. Like you're as filthy rags. And I was like, I'm pretty cool guys. Like, I don't know if you've noticed. Mm -hmm. And so I, um, I got in trouble for that a lot for being prideful. And I was like, this is confidence. And they were like, no, you're just kind of full of yourself. So I didn't really jive with all of their teachings a lot, but uh, I don't know. I forgot. Um, Like I just lost my train of thought there, but the things that they were teaching, you know, mirrored the things that were happening and happening at home for the most part Mm -hmm. with, the authority and the obedience and submission and whatnot so you just follow them and do it and it doesn't matter if the law says that this thing is bad this is what we said and god told me so this is what is going to happen and this is what we're going to do because the world is wrong and this is what god told me so you're going to do this mm. and you know if the world says that women should have a place to speak that's just because you know we're we're headed towards the end times and the world is getting evil and you know like listening to women heaven forbid mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah 
it was just all like so deeply ingrained and it wasn't like this one monumental moment it's just like that slow drip kind mm-hmm. of it's just there I don't I don't even know how to explain it you don't know what's happening when you're in it and you right. think that of course this is the way of life this is exactly how things should be they have all the answers they seem really sure about it mm-hmm. and they yes. tell me I happy but I'm not but I guess that's a me problem because if you're not happy then they blame Satan and you're letting Satan in your life it must have been through yoga because that's the world's way of relaxing and then you let Satan in and then see see this is why you're not happy because you let Satan in okay yes so there was at, at the church that I've talked about the <laughs> one Sunday I mean it might have happened more than once but I remember the pastor talking about yoga and trying mm-hmm. to say that the reason it was bad is because you empty your mind, yes. but how God wants us to dwell on, yep. like, you know, fill our minds with all these good things. And yeah, so that's so funny having that parallel. I was so conflicted about meditation because it was like the Bible tells you to meditate and then they want you to meditate in yoga. And I thought this was bad. I don't know what's happening. Did like the world steal this? What happened? Are they trying to trick us into meditating? Like, is this a different thing? I, I, do, I was so confused. Yeah. And so, and now I go to yoga every week. Actually, I would be there now, but I picked you instead. And, no, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. I, I like you better. Uh- <laughs> But it's like, I, I go there and I love going to yoga so much. And then it's like, every once in a while, I'll be there and I'm like, fuck, I'm sitting. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. It's okay. No, I'm staying. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. And, and that's still there. And it's like, this isn't evil. But mm-hmm. then I think about like, you know, people say, oh, well, this is a cult. And this is a, like, I think that anything can be like, obviously, mm-hmm. like you can make yoga and studies of that into a cult you can make anything into it but it's a matter of how extreme you get into it like for me it's just a thing that I enjoy and Mm -hmm. very easily I could start going like every day and like transform everything into you know like the mandalas or like the fancy like pretty circles whatever Mm -hmm. like I could have those like everywhere the this you know candles and gongs and bowls and whatever all over the place and easily like go back into cult obsession mindset but it's like oh I'm just gonna do this once a week really enjoy it and then you know not let it infiltrate my entire life and now that I've done that kind of mindset of like no this is just a thing that I enjoy and it doesn't have to consume me I feel a lot better about activities rather than you know the church being like all or nothing like yeah like no if you do yoga like that's your thing and then you're you're evil and hmm. that's I know that that was rambly sorry <laughs> no no you're good okay so on your journey then when were you first able to name what was happening as abuse can you point to something that during writing yeah. the book okay I didn't name it until I don't know maybe two years ago like it was really recent and the the name changed very recently and then it just kind of the book just kind of happened because I would like mm-hmm. write and write and write and like why am I complaining about this am I just like an upset teenager until I realized that this is a form of abuse mm-hmm. and not to minimize anyone else's but this is all so bad 
And yeah. it took me a really long time to recognize that, that it wasn't just that I was taught weird stuff. And it wasn't just that this was a thing out of the ordinary, like it was truly abusive mm-hmm. and the educational neglect is what really pushed it over the edge for me as yeah. it is abusive not to educate your children and willingly not to educate your children. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's like for my uh, church experience, when I talk about it, I say when I was directly spiritually abused and I've framed it that way because I feel like the whole system is abusive. You mm-hmm. know, it's like yeah. I'm living within this abusive system because uh, there's a episode of the church hurts podcast called mm-hmm. naming spiritual abuse. And KJ Ramsey talks about like any institution that, you know, you have leaders who don't, they don't maybe necessarily set out to do this, but you know, if they end up getting so locked into their rhythms of rushing and hurrying that they can't practice presence with people and people Mm -hmm. just become the means to the end for the leadership, you know, it's going to create this abusive system. Yeah. And so it's like, I can now see that, oh, the, the entire system was abusive because of the theology and the ideology and the way that it all operated. Mm-hmm. But then there was this direct spiritual abuse of this person using their position and their authority in a direct way with me. So right. yeah, so for you to be able to, you know, wow, like once you're out of it and you're writing about it for all of that to kind of come up and just be like, oh, what was happening to me? was but I wrote about it for maybe three or four years before I recognized it as abuse like the first couple years it was just like this is a weird thing this Mm -hmm. made me angry this made life harder for me I didn't recognize that it was so wrong I was more just frustrated with it yeah and there was a huge shift when I recognized that now it's written to stop this from happening to other people and for people to understand that educational neglect is legal in America, which is just mind-blowing. Like, you would not think that that is a thing, that, like, it's legal here not to educate your kids past eighth grade, but all you have to do is say that you're practicing Amish, and you don't have to educate your kids past eighth grade, and depending on the state you live in, you don't have to tell anybody how you're educating them. Like, unschooling is big, and unschooling frustrates me so much because I get it that you like, you have to teach these humans how to be humans, but I feel like that's just parenting. That's not schooling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Do you want to talk my Instagram name? Because it got a lot of people <laughs> who really liked unschooling <laughs> did not go well. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk here about your book and the organization that uh, you, some of your proceeds were going to? Yeah. Yeah. So 15% of my profits go to um, three different organizations. I was, I was going to do 10%, but then I really didn't want to feel like tithing. So I made it 15. (laughs) I was like, no, that's a trauma thing. That's a trauma trigger. I can't give 10%. You have to take more. I'm sorry. Uh... (laughs) So um, three organizations each get 5%. There's, um, the Vashti Initiative that um, helps adults who have come out of situations like this, out of spiritual abuse, and they have like um, life navigators who kind of um, will help you through the process of getting um, 
license, birth certificate, social security card, how to do a job interview, how to function as a human, which didn't necessarily learn in unschooling. And then there's the Amish Heritage Foundation, which is more educationally focused. They um, are not just for Amish people. They started that way, but now it's for anybody educationally neglected or abused and who basically doesn't have a record of being a person and they'll help get uh, GED and studies and get up to the point where you need to be um, to get out of this and get educated. But my favorite one is uh, the Coalition for Responsible Home Education, the CRHE. They are working so hard to change the laws in America and get and fight for the rights of children not just you know a lot of homeschooling is focused around parental rights and the right to decide what happens to your kid which yes is good like you should be able to be in charge of what's happening to your child not in the abusive sense in the sense that like the government shouldn't control everything but it's also a huge part of like what's best for this kid and they're not out to outlaw homeschooling at all it's about what's best for the child some children do better in homeschool but homeschooling needs to be safe there's some there needs to be somebody checking on these kids and making sure that it is best for these kids and providing resources to the parents who might not be the best at like nobody's going to be able to teach every subject for every grade as best as like a focused teacher could you just you cannot do that so, you know, making sure that there's support people, you know, do you need to pop into school to be in this class to get this help? Does the parent need more education themselves? Kind of whole familial support instead of just what people think of like, no, homeschooling is bad. And <clears throat> um, I wrote about it uh, in the last chapter that one of my friends actually did exactly what CRHE uh, would like to see happen is she gave her kids the choice of do you want to be homeschooled do you want to go to school and one kid goes to school and one kid is homeschooled and it is like exactly what works best for those individual kids and it's not necessarily like oh this family homeschools this family is the school family like it is individual by the child and to be able to do that yes it comes from a very privileged place like you have to be able to have a you know pretty much one parent at home and um, be able to have those resources to provide to your kid but if you can do it that's that's fabulous and I love that she's doing that um, because it really is what's making each individual kid thrive rather than the whole like oh no our family is doing this this is our choice Mm -hmm. on on the other side of that like I can't homeschool my kids because I don't have the back, like my friend who does that, she's a teacher. So it's, she's a a much better equipped person to do it, but I can't homeschool my kids. I don't have enough of the education to do that. And I could go and get higher education and get my GED and go through all these classes and do that. But that's not what's best for any of us. (laughs) And my kids have asked like why can't we be homeschooled and I said because I wasn't educated enough to give you this knowledge I don't have this knowledge to tell you and to teach you so then they call my mother and yell at her (laughs) 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 but 
that's the thing that these parents didn't think of when they were in ATI and just raising these these girls to be baby factories. Like they didn't think, hey, this is gonna get worse and worse and worse with each generation because they're not being educated. And they basically took away like mine and most of my friends' decisions to homeschool our kids. Mm-hmm. Like we don't have that option now without a whole bunch of extra work. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think that they realize that because it doesn't matter because education doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, I really want people to read your book so they can hear how you left the cult that you're a part of. So I really want to yeah. So go yeah. buy her book so you can read that. I'm not going to ask her. You have to go buy her book so you can read it. Um, but yeah, I want to ask you two more questions before we do the fun questions at the end. Okay. So you talked about this at the very beginning, like the Duggars and the, like the different families that have really popularized these teachings and brought them more mainstream. But yeah, what has it been like for you to see those celebrity families popularizing the IBLP teachings? Infuriating. I can't stand it because it makes it, it glorifies it and it makes Mm -hmm. it seem so picture perfect, like now less so obviously with Josh in jail and things are kind of coming out now. But at first it was this idealistic lifestyle and it was absolutely infuriating. And my mom and I would watch it and we'd like translate what they would say and what they would really mean. Like those like little cult insults and digs of, mm-hmm. you know, like we're praying for you means I think that is a really dumb idea. And <laughs> just like <laughs> translating the, the uh-huh. things that we would say and how like passive aggressive it is and like picking out the things that are well, we didn't call them abusive then, but the basically the pen, the parentification of the girls and making them into stay-at-home daughters, and just it was absolutely maddening to watch that and see, like, this is a thing that people are going to want now for their lifestyle, and this is the thing that I was in and experienced and hate and they don't show how bad it is and now people are seeing that it's bad but it took a really really long time and it was all like it was it was infuriating to see that this family who was ATI famous before they were TLC famous like they were big like years before and in ATI you can't watch TV for more than two hours a week and then they're gonna go on TV while they have this rule and you know are you not going to watch your own show okay don't watch your own show because you have this rule but if you have this rule why don't you want that for everyone else like why are you above everybody else that you can be super spiritual and not have television but it's okay for other people to have television because they're not as spiritually mature as you are now like that just seemed so hypocritical to me if you're doing a practice why wouldn't you want to encourage other people to do that practice also if it was actually beneficial right not necessarily telling them how to live but if you thought it was damaging why would you encourage someone to do it Mm -hmm. and it was their it was their testimony it was how they would bring more of the world to ati that backfired (laughs) (laughs) and just 
oh just but like but that guy the dad is now trying to like distance himself from the stuff you know and yeah (laughs) yeah it's like you're trying to act like you weren't part of this or weren't as close to bill gothard or this or that and it's like oh man i wish i could remember uh the person on instagram who does the videos uh about ati and like had this whole series things my mentor said i could skip to have a quiverful family oh, um i know exactly who you're talking about yeah i can't i like blanking um on her name but you know she did a thing about that and showing how oh but you know we have we have recordings of you at this thing with bill gothard and we have this picture of you at blah blah, blah. so it's like yeah. did you forget we have the internet and like we like, can literally um, see tia living's writer yes 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 t-i-a-l-e-v-i-n-g-s-w-r-i-t-e-r yes yeah so it pops up on my thing like the second instagram thing yeah, yeah. okay yeah so just watching kind of reading your book and then watching her videos and seeing all of this play out is yeah just seeing how these teachings have affected real people and real lives and how harmful all of it is um but yeah like i just Oof, the the stay-at-home daughter stuff like all of it and these big families and why they're doing it it's like oh which you know you read my book and I didn't even talk mm-hmm. about it as much as it affected me you know I, I don't feel like I gave it as much airtime but yeah like mm-hmm. though we weren't uh IBLP ch- affiliated church or whatever like and you you pointed out right like for my like I became a Calvinist in this church but it's like mm-hmm. the things I was getting within reformed Calvinism paralleling what you were hearing with your fundamentalist teachings and just how that at the core of it, the control, this high control group and what the teachings were about women and viewing girls as we're just getting you ready to produce progeny. Like that's what you were created to do. That's and it. So that's all like you don't need I, an education. You don't no. need whatever. Yeah. But it, it makes no sense that you don't need an education. Okay, because if we're going to follow their train of thought, all right, you raised me homeschooled so that I could produce more kids and homeschool them. What if I have a boy? I'm going to have to teach him stuff. Mm-hmm. How is he supposed to pastor if he can't read well and like counsel all these situations? Like, did they not think of that? Like, yeah. oh, no, they're daughters. They're fine. Okay, how are you supposed to teach the men? I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, arguing on their side of it, it just the rules are it is like watching whose line is it anyway like the rules are all made up and the points don't matter mm-hmm. yeah oof okay well what message do you have for anyone who diminishes or dismisses this harm being done by the families that we've talked about the churches the institutions like iblp uh yeah what what would you say to them oh, can i tell them to go fuck themselves <laughs> if that is the message <laughs> no so and then after that (laughs) honestly so that is that is my my gut reaction from satan that is my worldly reaction but my godly reaction and what the spirit is is exuding through me see i still have it (laughs) no so this actually happened in one of the um facebook groups that i'm in this person uh came on and said 
this stupid thing about like I know IBLP did some bad things, but it wasn't all bad and not all fundamentalists are like this. It didn't go well for them. <laughs> they ended up deleting that. But it was so I was so upset about that and I I shouldn't even still be thinking about it, but it was so upsetting that you could come to a space where so many of the people who have been directly hurt from this cult are and you're just like mm, but not all of us you know like not all men like we know like that's why i say you know like people hurt me god didn't like there's all these teachings hurt us and the things like the points that she was making the things that she was saying like I was mad at first, but I can see so much of myself in her. And so people who say that, I think that they're just not there yet. And they haven't necessarily discovered all of the depth of the abuse that's there. Because on the surface, you know, like they're nice to you and they like love bomb you and will just bend over backwards to make you feel like this is where you belong mm -hmm. but that's how they get you they'll tell you no we're not a cult no we're not like them so I think the people who are dismissive of it just don't see it yet because I was a hundred percent one of them and 15 years ago I would have like hated me now mm -hmm. and told you exactly the same thing that no like you need to you need to believe this you need to submit and it's just, it's, it's not what you think. This isn't abusive. This is godly. And so I think, I think they just need to sit and listen mm -hmm. for a little bit and really like, not necessarily like, I'm telling you this, so you have to believe it because then I'm just no better than any of the other pastors. Mm -hmm. It's just really sit and figure out what you believe and what you think is right mm -hmm. for you and people around you. Like what's truly kind, basically. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I kind of lost that one, but yeah. No, I mean, I know for me, a big part of it was asking, well, if Jesus came, like if I believe Jesus came to bring life and mm -hmm. that that life would be abundant and the fruit of this belief is that I, you know, just all these damaging things, this doesn't feel like an abundant life. And I had to learn to, undo all the things about what a wicked sinner I am and that this and that and have this more embodied experience and trust what my body is saying to me when I've been good to my body and all these things like when I'm in a good headspace to be able to 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 trust my body and then I could say no that's not bringing abundant life like if Satan comes to kill, still and destroy. See, I still got it too. I haven't like Bible. Look at this. I haven't read it in a minute, but yeah, it's like, yeah, if, if Satan comes to still kill and destroy, and that is the fruit of what I'm seeing in my life playing out based on these ideologies, then I'm going to try a different route <laughs> and right. just see what happens. And when I get new information, like you were talking about, like then I'm going to make different decisions and I'm going to give myself that permission to continue growing and changing and evolving and be okay with that. Yeah. yeah. Like not to, not to make this like 
political or anything at all but a lot of the things you know people are like mad at the cdc for like keeping like continuing to change and like oh they said this oh now they said this now they said this like i like feel so bad sometimes because i'm like i feel like the cdc like but i thought this and then i learned a new thing and i'm just this is now i know this thing now i didn't know it before yeah so like watching that happen feels like what it's like in my brain of deconstruction Mm. yeah so i get i get that it's different levels and you know like mine was you know me not being educated and there's global pandemics little different levels but like it feels like that it's like but I have this new information now I didn't know it before so how could I have possibly given it to you and how could I possibly live that way if I didn't know it and I didn't know I didn't know it but I'm trying my best yeah yeah I'm fine everything's fine Okay, well, these are our final questions, the fun questions to wrap us up. And I'm borrowing them from Tasha Hunter, who's the podcast host of When We Speak. And so people can go check out her podcast as well. But these are some questions she asks her guests. So I wanted to ask them in this season. So, question so one out this little like dance that you're doing now. It's, it is adorable. Only you can see it. So, you're welcome. But so it is the cutest little dance ever. I've done it, I think, for every time. <laughs> for it's like, like there's some layering with hands and a little sway and bounce of just happiness. It's just, it's just glorious. Yeah. Uh, okay. So who or what inspires you? And you don't have to say me. You can pick someone different or something so, different. Well, now I kind of feel shitty that I wasn't going to say you. <laughs> I mean, Nikki, like, okay. obviously. Well, we, you don't have to say that. We know that. <laughs> right. Unspoken. I love you so much. <laughs> See, I'm cool and I know it. You can just come on board if you want to, but I don't need you. <laughs> so, honestly, it's dangerous because everything inspires me. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that's what happens when you're raised in a cult. You're just like you know whatsoever you do do wholeheartedly as unto mm. the world so it's like oh this is the thing we're doing let's let's fucking do it constantly yep this is what we're doing like if i like i remember when i was little we watched um the space launch on uh, we had this like little black and white tv that was like three inches big and had like double uh screen thing so it was like two spaceships going up but <laughs> we were watching it and there was another family that came over because this was our school for that day we like we watched on this little tiny screen this like spaceship launch and I remember saying like oh doesn't this like make you want to go to space like doesn't this make you like want to be an astronaut like this yeah like I gotta do this and then the other kids were like no that doesn't make me want to do that at all it's like what the, what is wrong with you why why doesn't this motivate you Mm-hmm. and so you know now like that happens with you know I watched the home edit and now I've got like bins for my underwear and like everything mm-hmm. makes me want to do stuff mm-hmm. so yeah. maybe I, I identify with that really maybe hard I, I it's like when I whole pot to the just the coffee cup because everything inspires me I'm like I gotta do this now yeah yeah, no, I, I feel that in my body, like this, when I commit to something, I commit, you can know I'm going all in and 
yeah, yeah like oh this makes somebody really happy like I should I should do that like yeah. oh that is what I want to be like whoever I'm talking to like I want to do that mm-hmm. which yeah. um which actually is helpful now that like I've stepped back and people are going like oh did you finish nursing school so it's like no I didn't because I didn't want to be a nurse that's just what everybody was doing and I just happened to be around a lot mm-hmm. of nurses and I was married to a nurse so okay, this is the next thing I do. I'd be a nurse. And I didn't want to do that. But mm-hmm. then finally I was like, this isn't what I want to do. And then mm-hmm. I was like, what do I want to do? Which is very difficult to decide when like, oh, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. But that's also why I specifically didn't read deconstructing books or um, educated before I wrote because I will accidentally plagiarize them and like, oh, this is what people want to read and this is what inspires people so I should be like this instead of being genuinely me so I did not read a bunch of those things because I will do that yeah yeah no I again I identify with you so hard that was why I became a teacher is like people were telling me this is what you should do and you're good at it and I did like the children's message at church and I'm like okay teaching five little kids on a on a pew at church is quite different from being a classroom teacher so I taught for I think I only taught for two years um, and people ask me, do you miss teaching? And there are definitely aspects of it, but I'm just, I'm not sure that that was ever what I was supposed to do. So yes, learning. Well, what does Nikki want to do? Like, what do I want to do? So yeah, I feel you. So who or what makes you laugh and you don't have to say me for this one either. We know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. Proof right there. Um, Oh. I don't know. I'm going to be all sappy and say like my husband makes me laugh. Like he's so fucking funny. <laughs> um, and, and my kids, because they're just miniature versions of us. So that's hilarious to hear like this sass coming out of a child mm-hmm. and then just like clap it back at you. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. Well, when you want to get your body moving, what song or type of music do you put on? The Dirty Dancing soundtrack. Oh, not expecting that, is, that. That is, I always um, unload and load the dishwasher to the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. Mm. I have whole choreography with the plates and what gets done where. And then like, you got to do the spoons when you're on the, like, I've got it all down. Nice. Very nice. Always the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. I love it. Okay. And when we're going to get up in the morning, we play the Winnie the Pooh theme song about gotta get up gotta get going and then we just Aww. make a parody of whatever we're gonna do that day that's so cute yeah, uh, we it. Oh. <laughs> but that's what joe and i do we like yeah. burst into their room and like sing that and use there's some um, yeah there's a lot of like peppy broadway music and such around. i love it oh this i love morning, it so I much put on the encanto soundtrack um, because instead of the family Madrigal, I sing about Abigail. <laughs> and- Is that one of your kiddos? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's no, so cute. No, it's just a neighbor. That I- <laughs> somebody, <laughs> somebody somewhere is named Abigail. Yeah, there's Abigail and Aurora. Okay. And, yep. So yeah. I don't have I don't have one that rhymes with Aurora yet, but she. Uh, yeah. But she's, she's the get up Abigail. She's like. Ugh! I love it. Constantly, 
constantly singing and dancing here. Yeah. Just constantly. Did you watch the Maleficent movie with Angelina Jolie? Have no. That one? No. No. I want to watch that and I want to watch Cruella and they're like, I can't watch them with the children because it'll be scary. But then I don't want to like waste time that Joe's home to watch them with him. And then I don't want to watch them when I'm by myself because they're scary. (laughs) Well, Maleficent, well, I don't know. Like maybe you have, like, I shouldn't say I get scared of literally so much and I wasn't scared watching it, but I didn't. I didn't let the kids watch it because I wasn't sure they're they're quite old enough to not be scared of it, but I wasn't. I, like, I and I get scared. What? I get anxiety from Bob's Burgers. Like some <laughs> of those episodes are scary. Okay, yeah. So maybe 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 this won't be a good a good fit for you. But I just we had gotten it from the library. Well, the kids are picking out other movies, and I picked out that one because I was like, I've been wanting to watch this, and I thought yeah. my husband and I could watch it together. Yeah, I was gonna waste time watching that, and he was like, I don't want to watch that. And I was like, oh, well, then I'm just going to watch it. So I did. He worked, you know, at the desk right near me and I'm watching on the TV and I don't know. I really liked it. So anyway, so you were saying Aurora and then I'm like, oh, have you seen it? That's how all that happened. Okay. Okay. So let me back us up a little. Better sleeper. So that worked out well. (laughs) That is awesome. So so funny. You sleep, but um, I do like the descendants. So I haven't seen it. (gasps) Oh. I mean, it's a terrible made-for-Disney-channel movie. Okay. And it makes me cry every time because the one who plays the Cruella's son, like, in real life, died. Um, So, like, it's really sad. But anyway, it's so good. And um, one of the songs that I quote in my book is from The Descendants about, like, how Once Upon a Time the Beast was me. And, like, I just love that movie so much. So that inspires me, too. And okay. okay. Like, this is so terrible. <laughs> so I don't let him watch stuff with me either because I'm like, are you going to ruin the magic? Or are you going to shut up? Yeah. That's so <clears> funny. And like, now, thing that you can pick apart, that's fine. We can do that. We can watch a thing for you to pick apart. But if I'm going to enjoy this, you're not going right. to like that's stop so pointing good. out the flaws in the plot of the greatest showman. <laughs> let me have this. I just want to watch Zach Efron spin around on a rope. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh okay well where can people find you on social media i know we threw your handle out there earlier but if you could share it again harlow (laughs) that is not correct that's not it that's not correct that is a lie from the pit of hell backslidden harlot on instagram and tiktok and on twitter it's bk slidden harlot because they wouldn't let me have the other two letters right right yes. awesome well, and, I will no and my website is heathercom which is where you can get the autograph book which I highly recommend because I'll write you nice things in it oh I love it okay well I'm gonna have to just buy myself an autograph copy and when your episode airs I'll do a book giveaway and whoever the winner is I will purchase them an autograph po- copy from your site so I will put all that in the show notes because that's what good podcast hosts do they put the things in the show notes so like rest her face on her on her hands thing (laughs) like accent how cute she is (laughs) and how much she has her life together oh not at all not at all oh my gosh well 
thank you so much for having this conversation with me about your book and for sharing this was so good and I feel like I didn't answer any of your questions that you sent me but like I did organic conversations yeah no you did you totally did um and I just want to publicly say like thank you thank you thank you for your support and your encouragement of me on my journey and with my writing, I super appreciate it. Like listeners, you just need to know that Heather took my book. She put it to a Google doc and she gave me feedback real time in comments and it's super invaluable and I'm appreciative. So I wanted to like, thank you for that as well. So thank you. I, I had so much fun doing that. That was so fun. And to watch you evolve as a writer through the story was amazing. And I'm so excited to see the finished project so excited thank you so much for listening to broadening the narrative follow me on instagram at broadening the narrative if you haven't yet please rate review and follow the podcast on itunes and spotify your engagement helps others find the show if you like what you heard today share it with a friend and on your social media i really think that little by little person by person we can broaden the narrative My memoir, Ask Familiar's Family, is now available to purchase through my website at NikkiPappas.com. Ask Familiar's Family explores how I was groomed for toxic relationships and religion and how I got out. And I know I'm not the only one. So head to my website to buy a copy for yourself and anyone else who is hurting and healing from toxic relationships and religion. The music for this season was created by Joshua Pappas, my oldest child, We worked together using the Chrome Music Lab song maker and had so much fun. I also want to thank Daniel Boland for creating the episode graphic. You can access the Broadening the Narrative blog and transcripts for podcast episodes as they become available by visiting my website. Until next time, grace and peace, friends.